save everyone a little time and or energy, here's this. The opinions that you hear are those of the host and callers, and not those of iHeartMedia, its management, or advertisers. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Phillips File, broadcasting high atop the iHeartMedia complex on WTKS-FM, HD1, Cocoa Beach, Orlando. Available anywhere you go on the iHeartRadio app. Download it now. Groundbreaking. Critically acclaimed. And now, The Phillips File. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. That's right. It's the Phillips File for this uh, Wednesday. Good afternoon, everybody. As you might know, if you don't know, we're taking Wednesdays the first 30 or 40 minutes now, uh, now through the end of the year, to focus on the opioid and heroin crisis here in uh, Central Florida. This is our second interview in a planned year-long series of interviews looking at this crisis in uh, Central Florida. Of course, if you were listening last Wednesday, Mr. X was our guest uh, last uh, last Wednesday. Scott is behind the microphone in the studio with us today. He sent us an email not too long ago, and uh, Mo reached out and communicated a little bit. And uh, Scott said he was more than willing to come in and talk about uh, his interaction with, uh, with painkillers and opioids. And we hope to move on for there. He is, by the way, a recovering addict. He is now a triathlete. We're going to get into that <laughs> a little bit more. But first of all, Scott, welcome. And thanks for uh, helping us out with this with this uh, series of interviews. We appreciate it very much. No problem. Are you, you are a recovering addict. Let me see if I get this right, because we want to get some stuff out of the way and really get into the heart of the matter. In high school, uh, uh, did you abuse alcohol when you were a teenager in high school? Did, was any of that in the mix? Yeah, that could I can definitely say there's always been in a problem. I mean, you know, when everybody else stopped, you know, I I just continued and continued and continued. Was this part of a family? I mean, uh, many alcoholics uh, there's a there's a pattern of 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 addiction and problems throughout the family. I'm one of them. Yeah, there's definitely uh there is some family members for sure, you know. I don't I'm I'm not a huge believer in that but i definitely you know fell into that right so as as i understand you started working in the construction industry and there was an accident yeah i tell us about the accident i i was i was decking a roof and i and i stepped on a piece of plywood that had been cut and i rolled off the roof basically okay so certainly something happened to your body Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell everybody what what essentially happened to your body that that they were then prescribing? I don't know whether it was oxy or some other kind of painkillers. What happened there? Uh, he be I I never actually I don't think I ever got a medical term for it, but I I basically went into the doctor and told him that you know my back is killing me, right? And he, you know, just here you go. And what what, what what did he prescribe to? Oxycontin. Okay. And uh, so, did it relieve the pain? Uh, at at I would say at first, I it helped. You know, it was definitely for the pain, for the pain, for the pain. And I, I, I was talking with my wife earlier, and I remember looking at it, and it says take as needed. Right. You know, and 
And I could just remember, at, you know, as the weeks progressed, that the as needed progressed. You needed more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, and I've always been afraid of medicine as a kid, and I was never a sickly kid. I never, you know, the most I've taken is maybe a Benadryl. And I just remember that growing inside of me that at first it was like, man, I don't like this feeling. And then after a while, I was like, wow, I yeah, I can appreciate Besides it. Besides the lessening of pain, was there a feeling, oh, this feels pretty good as well? I mean, there was a euphoric state of mind where you were saying to yourself, hey, I, I, I really like the way, it be, besides the pain going away, I like the way that I'm feeling. No, oh, yeah, it definitely, you know, I'm I'm a shy person, so it, it definitely helped, like, it, I could feel like a, a I want to say euphoric, but like, a, it opened me up to be able to say, you know, like, I didn't just sitting i don't want to say i just sat in my room but i didn't just you know close my eyes and oh my back hurt it was like whoa i was like bah, 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 and it yeah. made me talking speak a mile and, a minute feeling yeah, great just, just yeah. interacting with everybody and you were on it yeah and it was just it was almost a hey this is what i've been missing you uh-huh. know, so this is it mm-hmm. he's prescribing a certain number of pills eventually you know you start needing more How, what's the time frame for that with me five pills a day or one pill a day and then all of a sudden you're saying to yourself i'm not getting as many pills as i can right so right. what did you what did you have to do what what was the what's the next step for you uh well like i like we discussed i'm in a i'm in a construction field and mm-hmm. i can remember they're very readily available in construction you know it's it's a common thing that people talk about and i've just always been like no thanks it's because of thing. the number of people who suffer are suffering from pain because yeah. of construction site exactly. ep- so accidents it, yeah and i i was just like it's not my thing it's not my thing and then when it when i was prescribed them and all of a sudden i felt what everybody else was feeling then you know all those people that had discussed it with me turned into more friendly than they were per se before how soon after you were prescribed oxy did you say to yourself i got to get off of this stuff or i'm going to try to get off of this stuff and and what was that like when you tried okay it the timeline was more i was a young father uh working i started working two jobs mm-hmm. and what had happened was the the quiet not the quiet what am i thinking i was losing a lot of sleep mm-hmm. you know because i was trying to work two jobs and and that was like, a, if, if you did one of these pills, it was almost like a redo. You know, like it woke you back up to where, okay, I can work another 10 hours now. Even gotcha. if you were tired, working, burning the candle at both ends, this kept you going. Yeah, this this put me back where I needed to be to complete that. You know, and that's kind of where it started, where it was just helping me complete the hours I needed to work. And then it got to the point where, you know, it started to be a really problem. Did you say to yourself, I, I'm beginning to have a problem, or did someone bring that to your attention? Did someone say, Scott, something's going on with you, and what's happening? Or were there people in your life who knew what was happening and might have said something, or maybe they didn't say anything? Yeah, well, I thought, like I discussed with Moyer, I thought I was slick. Like, I thought, there's nobody knows. This is my thing. Nobody knows. And my wife knew the whole time. Yeah. You know, there's, you know, there's, it's definitely a noticeable thing you know the passing out at the dinner table during you know family talks the right you know and it i think i hid the the severity of the problem is what all that i was hiding mm-hmm. you know and you know event it got to the point where the family started talking to me about it and you know and then it just became a secret 
You know, what, what was your reaction when your family started talking? Was it one of those, look, I can handle this. This is no problem. Don't worry about it. I'll get off of these things. Uh, just, uh, you know, yeah, you like know, a, a layoff. Yeah, like a layoff. And, you know, I'm working I'm working so much. Uh, you know, just can you just let you do your thing and let me do my thing? Right. So when you try to eventually, how, how many times at, uh, at rehab did you try? Eventually, uh, when you when you convinced yourself you had a problem, right? You went into various programs, or you just tried to do this on your own? No, I did. I I uh, went to a couple of rehabs. Uh, I think I did two, and a lot of like towards the end, it turned more into a, a binging thing. Mm-hmm. Like I would I would put together thirty, sixty, maybe even ninety days, but then I would celebrate that. You know, right. and celebrate with more pills. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and the alcohol, and you know, it it was more. It was more in chunks, you know, mm-hmm. or like, pe- I would meet. Unfortunately, I would meet people that I wouldn't want to see, and it would be a passerby, or I guess was the mm-hmm. best way to say it. Like we just pass cross and cross paths. I'm sorry, in a store, and it would be yeah. like, oh, and I wouldn't want to talk to that person. I wouldn't want to talk to him. But it'd be like, hey, Scotty. And it's like, you know. Great. It It drew you back in. Yeah. Next thing you know, I'm back in the mix. I'm, you know. How much are those pills when you have to buy them on the street after your doctor's prescription ran out? Yeah. What do you uh, pay for that kind of thing? uh, I've seen them up $20 to $30 a piece. And how many were you taking a day? Uh, Towards the end, towards, you know, the very end, I could say three or four. So it's a lot of money. Spend a week out of your family budget. Rehab, uh, the various programs that you went into, you, you decided this on your own, or was there an intervention on the part of your family who said, "Okay, Scott, uh, you're you you know you're, you're going into this program." Tell us about the first or second or third rehab that you had. Okay, well, I, I like the last rehab I went into. Uh, I went in and I ended up almost pretty much being kicked out because I. I wouldn't take the medicine they were offering me. Okay. When you when you go in there, it's you're gonna take this, and while you're here, this is what's gonna happen. This is, and what my that last time I I was done. You know, I said I, I I was petrified. I wouldn't even take an aspirin. I wouldn't take a Benadryl. I just don't want anything else in my body. And as, you know, I went in there and did like you get a rest, you get to sleep, and then the doctor came around and he's like, "You need to take these pills." And I and I was like, "No." Did so you, I mean, did you have a fear? I I need these pills because I have a fear of withdrawal. Did, had you heard the stories about how bad withdrawal was, or had you ever experienced on your own trying to withdraw from cold turkey, whatever you want to call it? And what was that feeling like? I. It's been described, I guess, last week. It's like the flu one hundred times. Yeah. Over. Oh, it's the worst flu you can ever, that you can ever imagine. You know, the sweating, the, the restlessness. You know that you don't want to move, but you're so restless that you know you're so sick that you don't want to move, but you're so restless that you need to move. And usually, and nine times out of ten, at that point, if I was kicking, everybody within a hundred foot radius of me hated me yeah, because of what had happened in that little time span. So I was, you know, everybody was angry with me. It wasn't, it was no easy part of it. 
did that didn't bother you? Or, or I mean, the, yeah, the always, overriding thing in your life was what to have the pain go away, have the withdrawal go away. Yeah, it, it it's that feeling of you want you want the sickness to go away, mm-hmm. and you know how to make that sickness go away. It's that easy. It's that easy of I can make a phone call and it's gone. Yeah. You know? our talk, we're talking with Scott. We're continuing our series of uh, talking to people in our community about the uh, opioid crisis that we have. Mr. X was our guest last week. Scott is our guest uh, this week. We're going to take a little break. We'll come back, talk a little bit more about this, and uh, talk to Scott uh, whether he thinks certain programs work, don't work, what he thinks, how he conquered this particular addiction. Well, he didn't conquer the addiction. He he refers to himself as a recovering addict. And we'll continue this conversation in a couple of minutes. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. From the... Phillips file for this uh, Wednesday, if you've been paying any attention to the program, we decided late last year, early this year, to take, uh, you know, 30, 40 minutes out of uh, the first hour on Wednesdays and try to focus on the opioid crisis here in Central Florida. We started last week with Mr. X, a great uh, interview. Scott is in with us today, another great interview. He's a recovering addict. Uh, let Let me go back just a little bit, Scott. You never moved from painkillers, oxy, or whatever it was, to heroin. No, were, you, I, were you ever tempted? I mean, because Mr. X said last week, he said he moved to heroin because it was it was less expensive. Yeah, I've definitely heard a lot about it. Uh, I, I'll admit it scared me the, because of I'm, I definitely have a very addictive personality. Yeah, you mean both. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, Oreo cookies at night mm-hmm. or if it's, you know, it doesn't matter what I... If I find something I like, I go for it. So the the heroin definitely scared me enough to where I didn't I didn't want that path, you know. In, in total, in years, how long did you have this problem? You could say you were addicted for how many years? Uh to the, to the pills, I would say a good solid ten. Ten years? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, easily solid ten years. In and out of rehab. Then what happened? You finally, as I understand it, you find what you, you look in the mirror one day and just looked at yourself and decided I got to do something about this. Yeah, I definitely, I looked in the mirror and uh, the family was done. You know, they, I've been kicked out, let back in, kicked out, let back in, mm-hmm. and I, I realized to the fact that every time something went wrong, you know, you look in the mirror and there's only one dude standing there. Every time, you know, it's not, it's not because I'm tired. It's not because of this. It's not that it's Scott, you know, and I, I really had to take a hard look at that, that there's one problem and you know, you're looking at him. So what did you do? I like, I, I did that last rehab and you know, where I work, I have, you know, a lot of great guys and, you know, I admitted to a lot of people that there was a problem. Mm -hmm. And I, I said to a lot of people, listen, don't let me do this again. You know, the people that, there's a few people that you're always keep, you know, best way to say it's like in your pocket, like, well, they don't know I really have an issue. So if I keep them in the dark, if something, if I do get that feeling, I can still sneak back there. Mm-hmm. And I had to tell all those people that, hey, you know, I, this, this is an issue. 
like I need to keep this. I need to get a hold of this. Wait, did they respond? Hey, we know what's going on, or were people surprised? Uh, like close family were like, you know, they gave you that look, like oh, really, like yeah, yeah, like and you know, at that point I wait, you know, at that point I was down to 130 pounds, you know, cheeks hanging off the face. There's family photos that you know, I they they go across the computer and everybody just looks at me like really, Scotty. You know, and it, it's it's obvious. It was obvious to everybody else and not to me. So your last rehab worked or it got you on a path. Was that a, was that a, did you go off someplace? What kind of program were you in? Would you credit that with, with helping you or, yeah, or, I, or what? I, I would credit it to the, to the rehab. And then uh, I went to a sober facility and I learned, you know, I learned a real lot. You know, I learned a lot that you have to look at yourself and you have to figure out, you know, because in my opinion, I'm a firm believer that everything comes down to a three second decision and you have to learn what makes you go the correct ways right and uh-huh. what makes you go left, you know, and that's where that's where I finally sat down. I have a, a very substantial people in my life that. I'm able to call and as stupid as it may seem to me at the time when I want to call this person and talk to them, they'll answer and say, Hey, you know, you're really heading in some dark water here. Right. You need, you need to stop and discuss, you need to stop and figure out why you've been clean and sober for how long? Uh, it'll be five years, April 17th. Do you still have a craving? I do. Yeah. I mostly w- with the pain. Mm-hmm. You know, and if, you know, I'm a triathlete now, so I do inflict a lot of pain on myself right, now, right. but it, it, it's manageable pain, you know, like it's, I, I can feel it's a growth pain, right? you know, after a, you know, after a two hour run or a three hour bike, you know, my back hurts and I'm, I'm able to say, okay, just lay down for a few minutes or, you know, take a break, just relax. You know. Jack has a question. Scotty, you talk about that uh, finally looking in the mirror and saying, now, for you, you had to make that decision that this is the time. Was it rehab after that decision? And then since rehab, if it was, uh, is there any type of counseling? I mean, you talk five years. Do you have any tune-ups? Or are you talking to anyone about this? Or is it just waking up one day at a time and trying to do your best? Uh, I can... I can attribute a lot of it to the program. Um, I have a lot of friends that I'm, like I said, that are very readily available to talk to me at any time. Uh, it it is a day at a time. I mean, it definitely is. I I can also say that I lay a lot on my training. That it's been a good solid. I want to say three years now that I've been totally. That's all that I think about and do now is train. And when you're putting on those miles running, it it, it gives me that time to be in myself and, and pick apart the the baloney from the right. from the real stuff. Mm-hmm. Now did somebody recommend that hey Scott, why don't you why don't you 
try uh, a hobby or an activity or did how did the, how did the triathlons come about did you say maybe this you know will take my mind off the problems that I've had in the past with with addiction how did how did that come into being okay well i i believe that you know as as an addict i have a pie and if you take a piece of that pie away being the using you you have to fill that pie mm-hmm. and i mean my poor wife you can go to my house right now and there's there's 10 different failed pies i mean there's i've heard you talk about there's doll houses mm-hmm. that are half built there's coloring books you know that i colored for 2 months yeah there's a numerous numerous volkswagens were a hobby for a little bit mm-hmm. there's so many failed and and my wife bless her heart she she would come in with me 100 full force sure like because she saw it as a healthy you know, and it this all started with we started with those mud runs. You know, every right, weekend right. we'd be traveling up and down the coast. You know, go get muddy and run for a couple hours, and then it led to one day I happened to be sitting at home and I saw that they had a triathlon, and I was like, "Oh, look at this! I bet you I could do that." And I, it beat me up, like it it was an hour and forty five minutes of the worst day of my life. <laughs> but you fell in love with it. I, I, I that's all I can think about. Yeah. Now. Good. No, is every second is I need to get better at triathlon. You're a pretty tough guy. I mean, anybody who's been through this, in my opinion, is tough. When they go through an experience like this, and they go through years of of addiction, and and then, you know, get engaged in that fight to to try to curb that addiction, even though they're always, you know, have a, you know, uh, whether they're recovering or whatever you want to call it. How do you respond to people who say, well, you know, you you just Last week, when we had this other Mr. X on the air, you know, we get responses from people who I consider idiots, but they would still say, these are just weak people. These are people that can't, uh, you know, they make bad uh, moral decisions in their life. And and how, how do you respond to that? Or is, is it not even wor- worth responding to it at all? Uh, I do. I, I don't find... I, I, the, the point I'm trying to make is, I don't know of anyone, and I've known a few, I don't know of anyone who who... who who woke up one morning and said, I want to become a drug addict. I want to become right. addicted mm-hmm. to heroin or oxy or whatever the case might be. Is there, I do believe there's a lot of bad decisions for sure. I mean, it, I, I could tell you, I could probably tell you more bad decisions I made in those 10 years than the good ones. Mm-hmm. But I, it's, I definitely struggle also with the disease thing. It is, I do believe it's a disease. It's definitely a disease. It's a disease that needs to be treated. You know, I don't, but I also don't believe it needs to be, I don't believe you treat this disease with other medicines. Mm-hmm. And and that's, and nothing against people that do that because I do believe it helps people. But for me, whatever only, works for you. Yeah. What I need to do is get up at, I need to get up at three in the morning and go for a two hour run every day. Right. Because, you know, when I'm done, it, it humbles me and it puts me where I need to be. What do you think needs to be done overall? I mean, there is a crisis. There's a crisis in central Florida. It's worse in other parts of the nation as opposed to other, but it is a nationwide crisis. And some are saying it's, it's getting even worse. Read a story today. They're having a, what they consider to be an ongoing crisis with people, uh, uh, being infected with hepatitis C because of dirty needles. There is also uh, an observation they believe there might be a resurgence in H- HIV because of, of dirty needles. 
where do you think as a recovering addict we need to go? What what needs to be done? Uh, I, Not everybody can do a triathlon. Yeah, I agree. You know? <laughs> Every I think I I've seen a lot more insurgence, I guess, of help. You know, I think it should be more readily like for people that can come and say, Hey, I need help. Mm -hmm. Like, I think there could be more venues for help, I guess. And, and I've heard in the past couple of years, you know, I'm not as into it, obviously, but I've definitely heard that they're harder. It's harder to come by them now. You know, all the, they've definitely shut down a lot of the, you know, the, they call them pill mills. But do you think people are, or so we're led to believe people have moved on to heroin because they can't obtain the pills like they used to. Correct. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's, it, it, it's, it may, it's harder to get them. So I think what's happening is the people that do have them aren't willing to get, give them up anymore because right. they can't get, you know, they can't, if they can't get what they need, they're not going to give them up. So Joe Schmo can right. get what he needs. All right. Let me get to the good stuff. All okay. right. Let's get to these triathlons. Yeah, all right. right. Uh-huh. What's your what's your what what do you call it? Uh, what's your body mass index? What are you? Oh, your, what's your yeah, body fat? What, your do you BMI. know what it is? What percent? Oh, sure. uh, I don't know. because it looks like you don't have any fat on no, you at all. No, I six percent or yeah, some damn yeah, thing. I'm, I'm pretty low. I I train pretty hard. I yeah. love it. Like you know, I it's just like I said. I found I finally found that one thing that you know makes my clock and your focus is on kona now for people who don't know about kona kona is like the Hawaii. top of the world when yeah. it comes to triathlons in hawaii and yes. it's a tough tough race i that wasn't in it i had no desire to do that after i did some of these i said i just don't want to do this crap anymore <laughs> so how many how many hours a week are you are you training uh as of right now uh i'm about i would say i average about 12 to 15 hours a yeah. week it depends on I have a coach now, so he right. keeps me. I have build weeks or I have uh, just recovery weeks. And, you know, during right now, it's I'm just trying to just keep my base, basically. You know, I'm kind of in the off season until, you know, I'm only doing that one race this year. So one big race. You know, You're not doing sprints or the smaller races? Yeah, I'm doing – I have a couple sprints on the but calendar. no big ones. No, no – no big half Ironmans or anything. I'm just I'm trying to put all my eggs in Panama City this year to try to get to the big. Race. So in Panama City, what do you have to do to be able to qualify for Kona? To qualify there in my age group, there's three spaces mm-hmm. they give out three spaces, and that's pretty much goes to one, two, or three of my age group, unless unless somebody already has a ticket. Right. You know they've already had their 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 invitation to Kona. So sometimes you get a trickle down, you know, if like say the guy that gets first place has already been, then it trickles down to fourth, gotcha. fifth, sixth. Now triathlon, of course, is it's uh, swimming, it's bike, and then it's running. What's the, what's the part that you like least? Mm. Uh, I like, I, I hated all of it. <laughs> you did. Every single, it sounds like you liked all of it. Every single mile. Yeah. I, nope. No, I really did kind of enjoy it. To a certain degree, I enjoyed maybe some of the training more than I enjoyed the races. Because yes. I knew I was going to get beat. Yeah. I was never, okay. never going to come in first. I love the training. I do. I But uh, I'm not going to lie. I love it when I step out of the water. Yeah. You know, I'm definitely pumped when I'm done with the swim. The bike is long. 
when you when you get Boring, into like maybe. a yeah, it's 120 miles. I mean, it's it makes for a long afternoon. But I love to run. So your first triathlon, did you swim in a in a speedo? Speedo, no, no. <laughs> I I love to look at that picture on Facebook because I was just ill prepared. Yeah, yeah. I had yeah. A, I had cargo shorts on and you know yeah, yeah. a five dollar helmet with a six dollar bike. You know, shave your legs. Uh. No, I do. Not yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I did too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Felt good, didn't it? Yeah. It makes it a little. It's that just, aerodynamic. I don't yeah. know if you're aerodynamic or whether it's more psychological. You think, I've shaved some hair off. I'm just smoother. Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. Just, yeah. Well, smoother. Just silly, I'm wicked it? No, it's now, not. Yeah. This is why swimmers shave. All right, yeah. fine. Water, yeah, will, water yeah. will collect on hair and it, it'll, it'll drag it'll, you down. It will. All yeah. right. In two miles, they say it. there's a percentage of savings. Yes. You know. And I've also heard, like, even shifting gears, they have electronic gears now. Yeah. And they say in the time of a full Ironman, you're saving so much watts because you don't have to move your fingers. Go figure. Oh, yeah. brother. Yeah. I remember shaving my legs and my oh, wife yeah. said, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, baby, I got to take some time off. Yeah. I got to take some time off here. So Panama City's when? Uh, November 7th. Very good. Yeah. yeah. no, we wish you the best of luck, and we thank, thank you, you so very much. much for stopping by. Oh, thank you. You know, we just want to keep focusing on this as best we can for the remainder of the year, and maybe in some small way, you know, it can be a benefit to the mm-hmm. community. Thank you very much, and best of luck. We thank want to you, know how you. you do in Panama City, okay? I will, of course. All right, Scott. <laughs> good luck to you. <laughs> All right. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1.